0: Thank you for joining us for another powerful message from the teaching ministry of Destiny Church. We hope that you'll be challenged and stretched to grow through today's message. But most of all, we hope that you'll encounter the Father's love. If you're in the greater Mobile Bay Area, please join us for our weekend worship celebration. Or if you're looking for a church family excited for a revival, please come join us in bringing heaven to earth. I told you a couple of weeks ago when I last stood in front of you that that was go- we were- I was going to wrap that up. But then Alan last week, whenever he was uh, coming to bring the message, he said, man, I really feel like I have a message in this Lordship series. And I said, okay, man, you wrap it up. And then while I've been away, uh, I felt like, man, I've got a message in this Lordship series. So it's like, I don't know if today's the end of it or not. So we're just not going to put a period on it or a full stop. We're going to say, Lord, if you want another message in this Let it be because I don't believe that there's outside of the message of salvation, which is the glorious gospel, the good news that Jesus brought to us outside of that message, which gets us all into the family of God. I I don't know that there's a more important message uh, than lordship, lordship, meaning that we've we've given everything of ourselves over to him, every part of our life to him. And in the body of Christ, so many people uh, come into a saving knowledge of God. They come into the family of God. They're included in the family of God. But they have not, God has made himself fully available to us, but we haven't made ourselves fully available to him. In other words, there's secret parts of our life. There's parts of our world that we've not completely relinquished and given him full control over. Today as we celebrate freedom all around our nation, you know me, I'm not one of these people that, that like to be uh, boxed in and, you know, today's Father's Day or today's Valentine's Day or today's whatever day and feel like I have to preach on that. But I'm telling you, I feel like the Lord wants us to focus on freedom today. There's been just an undertone of freedom in in multiple ways in the service already. And there's this verse of scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and that's where we're going to go and we're going to read more of it. But I wanted to pull this out just kind of as a main text. And it says, for the Lord is the Spirit. What Spirit? The Holy Spirit. And he's speaking. Now, think of all of the tapestry that God is weaving through this service. The Lord is the spirit. What he's talking about right there, if we read all of this in context, he's talking about the spirit in Exodus chapter 34 that Chris referred to just a few minutes ago that hid Moses in the cleft of the rock, that showed his glory To Moses and when Moses would go up to the mountain God would meet with him as a friend and the glory of God he would meet literally face to face with God and as he would meet with God like can you imagine the gloriousness of that moment to have a conference call with the creator of the universe himself and so God's glory somehow in the physical, the supernatural and the physical realm because he's God of the spirit realm and God of the natural. Somehow the physics of all of that, which we don't fully comprehend because we're, we're only of the spirit through Christ. You and I are of the natural realm right now, but we also have a spirit. So, there's, so, so we're people of this realm, but we're also people of the spirit realm. But there's some things about the spiritual realm that we don't understand. Scientists don't understand it, but they know that it's there. And somehow in that that, uh, divine conference call that Moses and he would have, the glory of God would get off on Moses. It would be as if I walked into a room where there's a nuclear reactor And I become contaminated with the radiation of that. Now, I didn't touch the radiation. I didn't touch the elements. But just being in the close proximity of it, I become radiated. I become radiant. And so, I've been contaminated. Moses was contaminated, if you will, with the glory. He was infected with the glory of the Lord and when he came down I'm still in the first few words of that for the Lord Jesus Christ is the spirit what spirit? that spirit because they were talking about Moses and that conference call and Moses would have a radiance of God's glory about him so As Paul is saying this to the Corinthian church, as I'm saying it to the Daphne church here at Destiny, for the Lord, Jesus Christ, is that spirit. And wherever that spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Now in our nation, we have this uh, misperception of freedom. Like you've heard things like you do you boo and free to be me. I mean, we've even heard those uh, phrases in the church. I'm not sure if we've used them here or or not, but if we did, we probably need to not use those. And I know that using things in context is also important. But if you're going to be free to be me, you need to know who you are. You need to know who your identity is because we have a misperception of truth in this nation. And we have this misperception that says, man, I'm free to do what I want to do. No, you are not. I'm free to carry a gun, but I ain't free to kill somebody. I'm free to own a car, but I'm not free to speed. I can speed and get away with it, but there are consequences. But it doesn't mean that I can do it. I can do it, but it doesn't mean I should do it. Even in the garden, this is how God created us. He said, you are free. There's freedom. You are free to eat from any of the trees. You're free. Man, why are we in this trouble then? How come Eve got in trouble? Messed us up. Allowed sin to come into the world. Uh, I, I said Eve, but I should have said Adam because Adam was right there with her, not minding his business. He wasn't taking care of business. He said, you're free to eat of any of the trees, but you can't touch that tree in the middle of the garden. Freedom does not mean exclusion from boundaries. Boundaries are there for us. And here's the way that you can tell a boundary, whether it's a healthy boundary or a limitation. Freedom is not freedom from restriction. Does this help grow me? Does this help protect me? Is this boundary here for my health? Is this boundary here to uh, help me become a better person? Is this boundary here to keep me within the uh, the the true form of who I am? Are you following me? Because we are in a place right now in the world where the, the, the sanctity of sexuality is like is gone. You know, now we still hold that, but the world and much of the church. I mean, you could, I haven't seen any in Baldwin County, and I'm not trying to diss Mobile County, but I literally drove by a church when I got back into town a few weeks ago. And, um, you know, and, and they are supporting the whole transgender movement, the whole gay pride movement, all, all of that. Listen, we love transgender people. Some, I, I, I don't know them personally, but I know some of my friends are dealing with those situations in their families right now. We love people who are experiencing gender dysphoria. We love them. But God created man and woman. The end. The end. We are a binary species. You know, you know how binary, you know what that means, right? Two, two. Take your tongue. This 10th this uh, grade biology, I think. 10th grade biology. Take your tongue. Got, got your tongue ready? Calm down, guys. I ain't asking you to give your wife any sugar right here. All right? Take your tongue, slide it up the front of your teeth, and wiggle it. Do you feel that piece of skin right there? Feel it? Do you know why that skin's there? Because it's a sign of us being binary creatures. When our cells begin, one cell begin to split, one became two, two became four, four became eight, eight became 16, and so on. And this side of your body looks like this side of your body. That's why we have two arms, we have two legs, we have two eyes, we have two ears. We're binary. A little biology. See, y'all, I don't know what grade I made, but I remember that lesson. <laughs> I remember that lesson. That's how God created us. So, so we therefore do not get to tell the creator what we are. The creator tells me what I am. I don't get to tell the creator what I am. I don't have the freedom to tell him, you know, what I'm going to be and what I'm going to do. And that right there, guys, if we could get a hold of that truth in the world, it would solve a lot of this chaos and craziness. But he says, "For the Lord is a spirit, and wherever that spirit is the spirit of the Lord, meaning lordship, wherever wherever there is a spirit of lordship there's freedom. where the spirit of the Lord is, where there's a spirit of lordship there's freedom because mm, 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 mm. some of y'all ain't free some of the church is not free. There are parts of my world that I've realized, why am I not free in this area of my life? And I begin to trace it back to, is he Lord of that area of my life? Because if he's Lord of that area of my life, then I should be experiencing freedom in it. But because I'm not experiencing freedom, because you might not be experiencing freedom in some of those areas, I want to just present to you today that God probably, Jesus Christ is probably not Lord in that area, and that you probably are holding on to that area because there's something about it you do not want to let go of. All right? So I want you to listen to this. This is the key today to today's message. To find true freedom, because I believe that there are people, uh, let, let me just read it and I'll come back to it. To find true freedom, we must truly give freedom to the Lord to speak into our lives. To receive freedom, in other words, we've got to give him freedom to speak into our lives. If you want to be free in that area, you've got to give him freedom to shape you, to tell you the hard truths that you might not want to hear, that you're immature, that I am sinful, that uh, you are not a servant, or you are not humble, or I am jealous, or uh, whatever it is that the Lord needs to tell you and me, we've got to give him the freedom and say, God, just like David said, search me. Tell me the truth, Lord, about me. Just rip it off. Don't, don't, don't try to protect me, Lord. I'm telling you, if you ever get to that place in your life, you won't have a tro- uh, any problems hearing the Lord. Usually when we're having trouble hearing the Lord, we're hearing him because there's interference. Remember, we did a series on, on that. Not long ago. Well, it's sometime in the past four years. But interference. God's trying to speak to us, but because we got so many things going on in our world that we are holding on to, it affects us hearing his voice. But I'm telling you, if you want God to speak to you, he'll speak to you very clearly. And it might be through him just speaking to your spirit. It might be through the word, or it might be be through teaching. Because I'm telling you, if you've sat in this house, I'm sure every message has not been on fire right now, you know, right up your alley. But you've had some good teaching in this house. I ain't patting myself on the back. It's just the truth. It's the truth. And if you stick around any place, and that's why, um, you know, if, if, if you're jumping around all over the churches, you know, and, and going here, there, and every, everywhere all the time, I'm just telling you, you are not getting a good spiritual diet. You're just not. You, you got, that, that's fine to go somewhere, it's fine to be listening to somebody, but you got to get in a house where you can get the mission of that house, the vision of that house, hear what God's saying to that house. And so to find true freedom, then I'm going to have to give the Lord freedom to speak into my life. That's the key of, to, of, of today's message. And look, let's go ahead and read 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Let's start at verse 7. And where we're going to begin, Paul is talking and he's contrasting the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. For us, I guess we could uh, boil that down to the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament, the Old Covenant is law. It's Ten Commandments. It's Mosaic law. It's lots of rules. The rules are not bad. The rules are just the rules. The rules were never meant to save. Ne- they were never meant to save. They were just meant to keep us from sinning. It just pointed sin out. That's all it did. Stay away from the hot stove. Don't go in that room. Don't run with scissors. You know, it's just, it's just things that will, if you do these, it will keep you away from danger but nobody can keep the law perfectly because we are not perfect and so that you had you had to constantly be making atonement through sacrifices and so god made a better way that was never his way for salvation it was never his way but it was to point us to the the right thing it was to point us to christ who is the new covenant and so Paul is contrasting these two covenants, and he says, the, and, and, and as we're reading this, I want you to notice anytime you're reading the Word of God, your, your Bible should be marked up. If you got a Bible, it's, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, uh, <laughs> I don't mean to pick on you, but if you got one of those nice, crisp Bibles that it ain't got no writing in it anywhere, it ain't got no marks in it, this is a book you can write in. Cause, 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 this is not your coffee table book. Shay and I got one of those big old, massive family coffee table books. We got one of those Bibles. This, this ain't that. This is a manual. It's a survival manual. It's an instruction manual. It's a life manual. It's a counseling manual. It's, a, it's everything you need. And so in this manual. You need to mark it up. You need to write it up. You need to to use this as a study guide. And when you're reading the scripture, when you see words that start appearing multiple times, God's trying to tell you something in that. He's trying to speak out of the page, okay? So here we go. I say that because there's a lot of repetitive words in in this. The old way with the laws etched in stone, he's talking about 10 commandments, led to death. Though it began with such glory, watch how many times glory is mentioned, with such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face. In other words, it's saying right there, it began with such glory when God gave it to Moses and he came down off the mountain carrying those tablets. He was glowing because there was so much glory. God was proud. He was excited about those Ten Commandments. And so it says, with so much glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face. For his face shone with the glory of God, even though the brightness was already fading away. Shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new covenant now that the Holy Spirit is giving life? If the old way brings condemnation, In other words, it just points out what's wrong. It can't save you. If that was glorious, how much more glorious is the new way, which makes us right with God? In fact, the first glory was not glorious at all when you compare the overwhelming glory of the new way. If the old way, which has been replaced, was glorious, how much glorious is the new, which remains forever? Since this new way gives us such confidence that we can be very bold. We are not like Moses who put a veil over his face. Remember, we heard about a veil up here as Chris was prophesying earlier. Isn't it beautiful how God, he had no idea, but the Lord knew. We're not like Moses who put a veil over his face so people of Israel would not see the glory, even though it was destined to fade away. Do y'all know, stop. When y'all, when he came down off that mountain, the people of the Lord did not want to see the glory. Moses didn't say, um, I'm gonna put me on a veil because I'm shining so much. I'm just gonna put something on me that I can't, these people aren't gonna be able to see it. He, he didn't come down with that idea. The people said, dude, you're kind of freaking us out. That's weird. Can you cover that up? He put a veil on because, this is kind of freaky, isn't it? He put a veil on because they asked him to put a veil on. But here's the thing about a veil. I can only see, I can't see any of you now. I can only see the, uh, right here in front of me like the podium. I can't see anything beyond that. And that's probably because there's light shining off of it. The word veil means to disguise, to conceal, to cover. Think about that. To disguise, to conceal, to cover. All right, listen to this. Let me find where I was. Where did I leave off? Verse 14. But the people's minds were hardened. And to this day, whenever the old covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds. So they can't understand the truth. How many times did we read tr- uh, hear truth in these prayers this morning? God, we need a revelation of truth in our nation. How many times did we hear it? It says, when when the people hear the word of God, when they read the word of God, because their hearts are hardened, their minds are veiled to the truth of God's word. There's religious stuff happening. There's religious things being spoken. There's religious stories, events, and accounts being recounted. But there's this veil over their minds. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. I'm going to read it again. The veil can only be removed by believing in Christ. I don't mean believing in him as a historical figure. That's a fact. That's established in the word of God, but let's just say the word of God is fake. Somebody just wrote this mess up and it's just a bunch of gobbledygook. Outside of Christendom, there are, uh, Christi- there are um, non-Christian historians that validate the fact that Jesus Christ was an actual figure on planet Earth. So not just believing in him, but believing in the essence of who he is. Everything that he is, you believe in it. Everything that he teaches, you believe it. Everything that he says I can have, I believe it. Everything that he says I'm not, I'm not. That is what removes the veil. Not coming to church, not saying you're a Christian, not playing in any kind of Christian band or playing in, uh, or, or ministering in any other parts, but truly believing in the Christ and everything that he is, everything. Not bits and pieces, not what the denominations tell us to believe. I had somebody asking me the other day what kind of church we were, and I said, I think we're just the church. I said, I, I I understand the question. I don't I don't I don't know though that I know the answer. Other than to say, I think we're just the church. Like what, what this says we are, that's what we are. We're not. We don't follow Wesleyan theology. We don't follow you know uh, Baptist theology. We don't follow this. We don't follow that. I, I, we're we're just the church. Well, would you would you would you categorize yourself as a Pentecostal church? I, I don't. I I wouldn't, but people would. Would you you categorize yourself as a weird church? I wouldn't, but people would. Well, maybe I would too. Would, would, would you categorize yourself as, as, as a charismatic church? I, I wouldn't, but, but people would. Would you cares, characterize yourself as a word of faith church? Not, not, not in the sense of you know, uh, Tulsa and uh, the word of faith ministers, and I have nothing against any of them. I respect them. Nothing, nothing against that. But I wouldn't, but there would be people that would. What kind of church are you? I, I believe we're just the church. Like, like this is our polity. This is our church government. Like Chris mentioned it a while ago, uh, Ephesians 4.11, raising up apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. That, that is our government. This is, this is what we are. And so he says, yes, even today, when, Moses writings, when we read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with that veil and they do not understand. And verse 16 says, but whenever someone, oh, this is so good. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away for the Lord is the spirit. And wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I want you to get a visual of this. All right, uh, man, let me get a couple of helpers up here. Shea, you and Brian, y'all come real quick. That's not quick, but if you do what y'all got to do. All right. But well, I want you to listen to this again. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. I, want, I, I just want to give you an imagery of this. All right. So let's see. You're the veil guy. So you just hold that up. You just hold that. And then Shay, you get up in there with him. All right. All right. So Shay. Is the word. All right, you hold the word. All right. All right. Now, I I, I promise you, as close as I am to this, I cannot read it. But if he just dropped it, there you go. Ooh, that's pretty. (laughs) That's my wife, by the way, for anybody who might not know. Just wanted to clarify that. But Look, look at this, look at this. So this Shea represents the old covenant. But let me have this. So look, over here is the new covenant. And he says, whenever somebody is reading the old covenant and hardened hearts are listening to this, this is a veil of religion right here. But when I turn away from that, look what happens. All of a sudden, there's no veil. And here's, you guys, thanks. Here, here's, the, here's the beautiful thing about this. When it says, when anyone turns, that is a textbook definition of repentance. Re- to repent. Now, you and I, we don't get saved every time, you know, we sin or stumble. A righteous man stumbles seven times, but well, he'll get right back up. But, the word repentance means a, a true 180-degree turning away from, from that. And when there is a turning in our life, we are literally turning away and saying, listen, I know, I know my uh, understanding on X subject or my understanding on Y subject, whatever they are, are, are issue. Like, I saw a lot of this in the last four years, however many years, now almost you know, uh, all through the Trump administration. It, It didn't start there, but I'm just giving you, that's where my starting point on this is. All through the Trump administration, what happened is we were trying to read the word of God through a veil. Why? Because our hearts had become hardened. Why? Because the world didn't look like we wanted and knew it should be looking like. But listen, that's not the world's fault. Whose fault is that? It's honestly ours. It's the ones who God created to govern it. But while we're mad at the world, we should be mad at ourselves, upset with ourselves of how we've handled things. And we've been reading the word of God and we're reading it through this veil of hardness. And what we've done is reading it through that veil of hardness, we have created so much distance between us and sinners. You can agree with me, you can laugh, you can cry, you can whatever, I'm telling you the truth. We created such a distance between sinners, and it's gonna take some time to heal that, but it can be healed, it can be restored. But when we are looking, the scripture says that when we look at that through a veil, yet we turn away, that veil is removed. verse 17 says, for the Lord is spirit and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed to him into his glorious image. Listen, he makes us more and more like him. So where? listen to me, folks, wherever you are in your relationship right now, you ain't all that, I'm not all that, and a bag of chips on the side to go with it. We all have more of his glory that we can reflect. There's always more maturity, another place of maturity that you can get to. There's always a different place of spiritual growth that Rife Stewart can get to because as I pursue him, I become more like him in every area as I allow him to become Lord over everything, Lord over every area so that I'm not looking at the word of God through a veil, It it might be a veil of religion. It might be through a veil of denominationalism. Listen to me. It might be a familial veil, a family veil, that because your mama told you, no disrespects to moms, no disrespects to dads, no disrespect to older brothers. I had a brother in my life that he told me, and I'm like, I don't know why he told me that, because... um, That was his understanding. This is one of my brothers who's no longer alive. We were having a conversation. I'm just giving you an idea of what a family veil could be. Okay. He and I are talking. My family didn't know anything about church. We were a bunch of heathens. He's a a heathen theologian (laughs) to me. I'm like six years old. We're doing stuff we shouldn't be doing. And He's telling me what the afterlife is like. Stick with me. My 10-year-old brother is telling me who he is a heathen and I'm a heathen. I don't think at that point that we probably ever had been to church. But somehow he got this revelation of the afterlife. And you know what he told me? He said, Rife, when you die and you get in heaven, before you get in, there's this big TV screen. Y'all know where I'm going with this, don't you? I don't know where he picked this up, man, but I'm six years old and I'm going, holy Moses. There's a big TV screen and everything you've ever done, God sees it. And everybody there is going to see all the stuff that you do in secret. You know what happened to me at six years old? A spirit of antichrist came upon me. A spirit of condemnation. Jesus said I didn't come to condemn the world. Hmm. Jesus. Because how many times do we get up and do we prophesy and do we preach condemnation on the people? Why? Because we're doing it through a veil of religion. And what happened to me at six years old, a spirit of antichrist condemnation came upon me. And I carried that with me for years. Oh, it didn't stop me from sinning now. Cause sin is a powerful thing. It didn't stop me from sinning, but every time I did, you know what I was afraid of? Every all oh, y'all gonna see all my stuff, all all my nasty stuff. Y'all are gonna see it, right? Mm-mm. Why? Cause that's not the judgment that the children of God. That's not that's not the judgment that we will face. We don't face that great white throne judgment of His wrath. We, 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 ours will be an award ceremony. You know, it'll be a crowning ceremony, a trophy getting ceremony. But whenever we turn away, that veil is gone. Whenever we repent, we turn away from that and we see the truth of his word. What we need in the church today and what we need in the world today, we can't expect the world to act any better than we do. So if we don't do it, we can't expect them to do it. Are you with me? Man, we got to turn away from some of the veil. We've got to turn away from this and say, Lord, when we make him Lord of our lives, look, it'll do these four things. Lordship will do these four things. I'm going to run through them quickly. And Stephen, would you come? When we make him Lord of our lives, freedom from the power of sin. For the wages of sin, the power of sin is death. Look at this scripture, real quick Romans 8 uh, and 2. And because we belong to him, the power of the life giving spirit has freed us from the power of sin that leads to death. Like when we make him Lord and Savior of our life, all right, you remember that message? There's a difference between Jesus as our Lord and Jesus as our Savior. When we accept him as our Savior, with the full intent of him becoming our Lord, it frees us from the power of sin. You and I, when we become saved, you and I, we're, we're never gonna die a death that leads us away from God. We're gonna be with God forever. It's a done deal. I don't live under any condemnation. If Rife pulls out in front of traffic, I ain't prophesying this. But if I pull out today in front of a Big Mac truck, I'd rather pull out from in front of a Big Mac McDonald's, you know. But if I pull out in front of a Big Mac truck and I get hit and go to see Jesus, I I, I know where I'm going. My wife knows where. My kids know where I'm going. There's not a snowball's chance that I'm gonna be anywhere else than. In heaven with my Lord, because the power of sin, every sin I've ever committed, every sin I will ever commit, as long as I'm in Him, has been forgiven. Look at this. Um, as Savior, He frees us from the power of sin. But as Lord, He gives us the power to resist sin. As Savior, as my Savior, I ain't going to hell. Woo, that's good. We all ought to be happy about that one. But listen, but as my Lord, he gives me, he's commissioned me to have authority over sin. Sin has no power over me. Sin has no power over me. We feel like it does. We feel like temptation is so powerful, but Dude, I'm telling you, we have the authority over that sin. And when he is Lord of our lives, we can become righteous, sinless in him. Look at this. It gives us freedom from the veil of religion or ignorance. That's really what it is. Like the veil keeps us ignorant of his word. It keeps us ignorant of truth. And so, when Psalm 119 and 18, I started today's service with this that says, Open my eyes to see the wonderful truths. There's that word truth again today. To see the wonderful truths of your instruction. Like, guys, I'm just telling you, there's so many things in the word that. If we will allow a family veil, things you were taught as a kid, listen, no disrespect, like I said earlier to moms and dads, but sometimes some things we were what my brother taught me was wrong. I lived under a veil of condemnation for years until I realized somebody taught me there is now, therefore, no condemnation in Christ. There is now, therefore, no big screen TVs in heaven that are put there to shame me. Because and my shame is undone. Remember, we sang that this morning. There's no shame. It gives us freedom from uh, freedom to experience His glory. I mean, you know, when you read that, I I circled "glory" or "glorious." One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Um, 11, 12, 13, that I count, and I, I, I may have missed some, but when you see, like what he's, God wants us to experience his glory, his goodness, his power, and his presence, that's what the glory of God is, his good, God wants us to experience his goodness. God wants us to experience his power. God wants us to experience his presence. God don't care if you come to church and sing a few songs. God doesn't care if you come and hear uh, 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 me tell you three little points to make your marriage better. Like, God, the enemy doesn't care if you come and do that. God wants us to experience his glory. There are churches all over the world that they are that they are doing things. Oh man, I wish I had more time for you. There is a great church, still a great church. I believe they're in Bloomington. Um, They did an amazing study. This is a mega church. Um, What is the name of that church? Bill Hybels. Anybody know the name of their church? Anyway, it's a big church. It's, a, it's one of the world's largest churches. And all oh, they invested in the arts, and they invested in incredible buildings, and they invested in all of these things. You know, it was nothing for you to go there and see Cirque du Soleil on Sunday morning. You know, Willow Creek. And I, I, listen, I, I'm not downing them. I'm not downing them. I'm... I'm telling you some of their own story. Now, this takes a lot of guts for a church to spend upwards of $60,000 for an outside group to come in and do a study of your church. I believe they brought the group Enjoy in. uh, I-N-J-O-Y It's a Christian group uh, led by, I believe, I, I could have some of these facts wrong but I believe it was the group by John Maxwell. They hired them, 60 plus-ish thousand dollars, to come in, do a study on our church. We've got all the records. We're gonna put it out there, let you see everything. And I mean, man, this church was known for the amazing arts and entertainment in their services. They bring them in and after they do this study, the people come back, they sit down with them and they say, so are you ready to hear our findings? Yes, we wanna hear it. We wanna see what, how, what our effect has been in the last 20, 25 years. <clears throat> they sit down with them and they said, basically your people are elementary at best in their Christian walks. the ones that had been there for many, 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 many years. All, like they had a bunch of people. So it's a mile wide and very, very shallow. Now th- this is, and, and, and Willow Creek, <clears throat> they could have taken this and they could have gone, oh, that's not a real good record for us. Let's just keep that information to ourselves. But they didn't. They were like, we want to share it with people to learn from our mistakes. That we don't water the gospel down, that we don't water the glory down. Because how many times did we read the glory? God wants us to experience his glory. If you have Cirque du Soleil, praise the Lord. If you have the best musicians in the world, praise the Lord. If you have the number one TED Talk preacher that can bring it home and land the plane in 15, actually 14 minutes and 59 seconds. If you got that guy, but you don't have the glory of God, he gives lordship gives us the freedom to experience the fullness of his glory with no veil we can boldly approach him boldly approach the throne of grace boldly approach the glory of god through the gifts of the spirit we don't veil it we don't say you know okay let's we we only do this stuff we only do this spiritual stuff Here in the back room, we only do this in the back room. Are you following me? Bro, I'm just telling you, if you could walk with me for a little while, if you could hear some of the conversations I hear from pastors and some of these guys I love and I feel like, man, you got it so backwards well we believe in that <clears throat> we believe it's in the word of God but it's a little weird it is weird I'm like I ain't lying there ain't no way there is no way you can you can fancy up the, a word of knowledge given to somebody that's going to be weird when you deliver a word of knowledge and that person is going are, are you a psychic <laughs> uh, yeah no no no, no. Or, how, did, how did you know that when you prophesy over somebody, you give a word of wisdom. When there's a message in tongues, an interpretation of tongues. Oh, come on, man. That just weirds people out. It does. But I, you can either stay ignorant behind a veil of ignorance. Or you could experience the glory of God and go, dude, that's out of my, whoa, that's, I don't even understand that. That's freaky, kind of weird, cool, all in one. Or we can say, hey, let's just keep this over here. That's never gonna happen at Destiny Church while I'm the leader, never, never. People can leave, they can get mad, they can say we're kooks, they can say we're crazy. But on this day, when we gather as saints, There is one in the universe. There is one in the universe that I want to walk away that says, Well done, son. Well done, son. Well done, son. Well done, daughter. Well done, daughter. Well done, daughter. There's just one. Oh, the others don't hurt, but honestly, they don't matter because we are here for his glory. Let me say this last one and we'll get ready to go. Freedom to be transformed. Like lordship gives us freedom to be transformed. But do you know, let me say this. Do you know that God is not even 100% free? Because he has set boundaries for himself. God's not free to force you to love him. He's not free to force you to make him Lord. He's not free to violate your and my conscience. He's not free to do that. Because if he ever did, he would cease to be God. Because God is love. God is honor. God is patience. God is all these things, you know. But he gives us the freedom to be transformed. It's up to you. You have the freedom to be transformed or you have the freedom to remain behind the veil. You have the freedom, the power to be transformed. You can transform the way you're thinking. You know there's scripture that it says, do not be conformed to this world. Who do not be? You me, we do not be conformed to this world, but be who be transformed I be transformed because listen this is what I'm I'm telling you the church has been waiting for God to transform them God already transformed you positionally, but you got to transform yourself every day God already transformed you positionally you are in him transformed. But you got to pick the instrument up. You got to pick the broom up and sweep. Here's the transformation, but we got to use the use the instrument to sweep out the old stuff to change, to build. If you're waiting on God, you're going to be waiting a long time because God already did that and God ain't going to force you or me to do anything that we don't want to do. So where does the transformation lie? If you are in Christ, you are already transformed. but That's positionally. But practically, you will have to work that out yourself. Let every man work out his own salvation. You have to work out your salvation. Day after day, I have to get up. Is it grueling? Yes. Is it tiresome? Yes. But are you tired of work? I am at times. I don't want to go to work. Wait a minute. Yes, that's right. I get tired physically. There are times that I get tired of dealing with people and their crap. And I just want to say like Paul, grow up. Grow up. But every day I go to work. Every day, there's hardly a day I don't work. Every day I get up. Why? Because I'm believing I'm making a difference. I believe I'm operating in my calling. Life is hard. Spiritual walks are hard. But we get up and we do it again. And that's how we are transformed. Yes, the temptation is going to be there. I used to be in this place where I thought deliverance meant I thought freedom, deliverance meant that I was never going to have to battle again. I've never been an alcoholic. To my knowledge, I've never been an addict of anything. So I, there's there's that that I don't have experience with. But there are other things that plague me. And I'm like, will, will I ever truly... I, I, Just bear with me for a second. Will I ever truly not have to battle identity issues? I know what the word says. I know who I am. That's who I am. It's who I am. And I'm loved by you. I know that. I know it. But there is not a day that goes by that I don't wake up, that I don't hear the voices of the enemy in my ear telling me how worthless I am, that I'm not good enough, that I don't do a good job. And I'm like, ugh. Oh, will those ever go away? I don't think, I don't know that they will. I don't think they will. But it does not change the truth Oh, Jesus, it does not change the truth that I am worthy, I'm enough, I'm good, I am chosen. Does that make sense? It doesn't, the voices don't change because I know the truth. I choose transformation every day. And the day that I, I, that I choose not to be transformed is the day that I begin to believe that I'm not worthy, that I'm not good enough, that I'm not loved. D- does that make sense? So I'm going to wrap it up and Galatians 5:1 says, "So Christ has truly set you free. Whether you believe it or not, if you are in Christ, if you're a Christian, if you're not, you can quickly become. He set you free. Then he says this amazing line here that he says, Now, y'all make sure that you stay free. Y'all make sure now. I love that. And don't get tied up again into the slavery of the law. He says, you know you're free. You know you're free. I'm free. Say it. I'm free. I know I'm free. I know the truth. But don't you go back out there and get caught up in sin of slavery, of, of, of the, the, the burdensome things that the enemy in the world will be telling you. You are a child of God. You are free. And you have the power over sin. So let's wrap it up. How can I activate it? Then ask this, Father, am I living behind a religious veil? Lord, am I living... Behind a religious veil. Ask the Lord that right now for yourself. God, am I living behind a religious veil? Have I stopped seeing the clarity of your word, hearing the crispness of your voice? Have I stopped? Am I living behind things I've just been taught and told and accepted as true without really going to see if you said it in your word and then not just if I read those words but read them in the context the fullness of your word. God, if there's a veil over my eyes listen church, I'm praying this for myself God, if there's a veil over my eyes that I'm seeing things through either the way my family taught me or even good-intentioned pastors taught me, maybe professors at seminary taught me that, God, are not in alignment with your Word. God, would you open my eyes to those things? Help me see clearly, Lord. Don't let me be blinded by anything. Don't let me be blinded by any hurts, trauma, family history, my history. Just let me see you clear as Moses saw you in all of your glory. Thank you, Lord. And then the last thing is this. Allow Jesus to break any strongholds in your life and to bring you freedom. Why do we say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. He's not going to come anywhere that he's not wanted. He's not going to break anything that you're holding on to so strictly. (laughs) That that has become your desire. That's why he says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Because your desires become his desires as he becomes Lord. So God, if there's anything that needs to be broken today, would you stand with me and just begin to pray this with me? So Lord, if there's any strongholds in my life today, God, I pray that you would break them. Break them in Jesus' name. Break them in this house right now. Now, this is going to be a little different and I'm not going to ask anybody to come down to the altar and I know that's where we're used to seeing breakthrough. And there's nothing wrong with that. Those are beautiful and I love those glorious times where we come down and people are delivered and people are just... But I also believe, just like God showed himself to the prophet Elijah. Is it Elijah, Elisha? It's in the cave. And it's a still, small voice that came. I believe that God is so powerful. He doesn't have to be loud. He doesn't have to be long. That when God speaks it, it's just done. And if the Lord says, let him go freedom right there let him go let him go let him go Holy Spirit if there are any strongholds in this house, myself included I pray right now that you would come I give you the liberty, remember our our declaration, our key to this message if I truly, if I want true freedom, I have to truly give the Lord freedom to speak into every area of my life so right now Holy Spirit I give you the freedom to search and research every part of my life and God where there are strongholds I ask you to break them in Jesus name right now across this house in a still small voice Holy Spirit we speak to the enemy And we say, strongholds of addiction, you're broken right now. Strongholds of perversion, you're broken right now. Strongholds of suicide, you're broken right now. Strongholds of uh, all kinds of emotional distress, anxiety, depression, bipolar, you are broken right now. In Jesus' name, you are broken. Generational patterns and curses, you are broken right now. Right now, right now. Jesus. Any word curses that have been spoken, knowingly or unknowingly, over us, our family, individuals, families, and this church, we break it right now. We break it right now. We don't scream at you. Jesus, when he walked up onto the bow of that ship, he said, Peace be still. Just very simple command. Loose in Jesus' name. Loose in Jesus' name. Hear my voice, Satan. The voice of apostolic authority in this house and in this region. Loose, loose, loose in Jesus' name. And, church, I just ask you to do this. Do, do that turn from the veil. Do that turn. Do that repentance. You know what areas you need to bring repentance in your life. Meaning a turning away. Turning away from and to God. And watch. (laughs) Watch it be broken. And then when it's done, it's already done. But when you see it, when when you see it manifested, I want you to come tell us so that we can give glory to God.